This is Masters Cast, the first He Man and Shira podcast, episode number 38 for September 12th, 2010. Hey everyone, thanks for downloading. I'm John Callis, also known as The Shadow. I'm Martin Penny, also known as Wacky Martin. And I'm Josh Lioncourt, also known as Just Lioncourt. Katie, aka Rainbow Bright, is currently in the Valley of the Lost. We don't know where she is. <laughs> I guess that Magna Beam uh, transporter hit her earlier this morning. But anyway, we have lots and lots and lots to talk about in regards to Master Universe, Princess Power, and all related properties because we love them so much. Last time we talked, we had a few uh, San Diego Comic-Con minicasts, and I believe Josh, who actually attended the good show, unlike Slackers Martin and I, uh, has a few <laughs> things he'd like to add uh, after the completion of that wonderful convention. Josh. Well, we did, we did get a lot of uh, figure reveals. We found out the first three characters of next year were going to be in the last three of this year. Uh, the, the mainly the one I wanted to comment on because I think it was really cool and I didn't realize all of the um, detail on this until after the con unfortunately not being able to see the figure was Bo um, you know they did, a, they did a lot of the style guide slash toy um, mesh up in this obviously he looks more like the uh, the masters vintage masters designs bulkier and all that They've got him with and without the headband, which I think is actually pretty amusing since everybody lost the headband. But uh, interestingly, the, the one little touch that, as far as I know, isn't from any media, and I really liked it, was the arrowheads on his arrows. Have you seen these, either of you? Are apparently no. the are apparently modeled after the four cards suits. Hearts, diamonds, spades, etc., that's called creativity, Josh. It is. <laughs> and I'm glad we're seeing some of that in this line. That was part of what I liked about 2000X as well, is seeing some new stuff mixed in. Um, this is really the first kind of significant creative addition I think we've really seen in, in the uh, classics line. Everything's pretty much been drawn from somewhere. Well, for the most part. Well, um, I know we're jumping a little here. But it, it seems like a really good place to address uh, some issues that are, are going on. You mentioned Bo, um, which is, of course, um, a original character from the Princess of Power uh, section of Masters of the Universe. And there's been a lot of debating going on um, amongst the fans, whether it be uh, productive and unproductive at the same time, about is the Princess of Power characters uh, being slighted in the Masters of the Universe classics. Because as we all know, Mattel is making this Masters of the Universe classic basically an umbrella um, brand where it's going to have, you know, vintage Masters, 2000X Masters, New Adventures Masters, and Princess of Power all running around like good old friends. But uh, it seems people seem to think that uh, Princess of Power is not getting the attention that it deserves. Thoughts? I totally disagree with that at this point. I, I am a Princess of Power fan. I love all those characters as well. I always considered them uh, a part of Masters in the same way that 
uh, you know, the Horde was part of Masters or the Snake Men were part of Masters. It, to me, it was never a separate brand. It was just sort of a segment of, and it's being treated that way um, in this line uh, to date. I mean, if you actually look at some of the other segments, we've we've only gotten one, soon to be two, uh, Horde members uh, announced. Out, you know, we've gotten three Princess of Power faction uh, figures. We have no Snake Men at this point until March. Um, you know, to me, it's just if anybody's getting slighted at all, it's the New Adventures fans because we've only had one and nothing uh, in the foreseeable future beyond that. They did have the joint press release for the DVDs. Um, which also mentioned, uh, you know, making a, a Shira figure. I don't know if they were talking about it. Didn't doesn't really make sense for them to be talking about the one that's already come and gone. So I don't know if that's something else uh, coming up because the DVDs don't come out till January. But it's clear that that you know Mattel's uh, acknowledging that segment of the brand. I think uh, you just have to go into Masters Classics, uh, looking at it the way that it was originally. Uh, presented, which is that it's an all-inclusive uh, line, um, and everything is going to be, you know, f- for the most part, treated uh, equally within the context of the brand. Instead of saying, "Well, Princess of Power should be this this separate uh, entity," I, I think it's it's not going to be treated that way anymore than the Horde or any other segment's going to be. Martin. Um. I would have to agree with Josh. Um, I don't think Shiro is being especially slighted, but I think in comparison to some of the other eras, uh, definitely Shira and New Adventures seem to be getting a lot less. I mean, they've even gotten less than the sort of unproduced characters, which we've gotten quite a few of so far, like Hero and Gygor, and the very obscure ones that you wouldn't really think of. Um, they do seem to have taken a backseat. But I think we've had a good output of She-Ra and New Adventures so far. I don't think it would have been wise to pour them on in the first year. Um, I think they probably held back on New Adventures quite wisely since it's the most unpopular. <laughs> um, but I think they've made them work and I can't see them doing badly, so do more i would say <laughs> yeah my my stance on this is I, I can see the point that i think there is a lack of of shira representation just in the fact that i think that probably steadily we should be getting at least two two figures every year of, of from shira if if i don't know if we can really go more and the way i look at it is this way uh realistically speaking i mean i like the shira cartoon more than he-man's cartoon i've always liked that now toys is a completely different story um but all of these characters are being made in the basically you know your vintage master style just kind of pumped up um so that's not really an issue of of if you if you were a fan of shira's toy line or not in my opinion um because they are going to be integrated in the style that you've come accustomed with liking with Masters of the Universe. But um, with that being said, 
realistically speaking, a lot of the pop uh, characters are just not as well-known or popular as, say, a lot of the vintage Masters characters. I mean, I'm just realistically speaking. It's like, you know, when you watch the cartoon, you got, you know, uh, it seems like the people that jump out are always going to be like, uh, you know, She-Ra, Bo, Glimmer, Queen Angela, um, Catra, Frosta. Uh, and you can't just release all of them and be done with it. You know what I mean? They need to space the the more popular people out as the line continues. I think I read somewhere that that someone was saying how Mattel plans to hold off on the sorceress because she's a uh, very sought after, so they want to put her more towards the end of the line, you know, cuz let's say we know the sorceress is coming in, you know, let the sales start to drop in in, in 2013. Let's just say, and uh, but you know that the sorceress is going to be released in the subscription for 2013. Your your sales might go up. It's it's that whole type of principle. You just don't want to throw everything out there. And I can also understand why they do things like Hero and not something like one of the Star Sisters that that were unreleased. Hero to me is a much more wanted and and popular character than the Star Sisters, and they even appeared in an episode of Shira. Um, so I just think, realistically speaking, we have to go into this as uh, with a with a clear mind of 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 actually how these properties are set up. Because uh, while you might be the biggest Masters fan, you might be the biggest New Adventures fan, you might be the biggest Princess of Power fan, that doesn't mean that they, that they should any of them should overtake the line. And uh, I agree with Martin. I mean, and, and Josh with the whole New Adventures really has been the one that's actually been slighted. Um, can I blame them? Not really. I'm a fan of New Adventures, but really those those characters are just not as well known um so they're probably going to space out you know optics slush head flog flip shot and hydrant so i just think it's not that's not something they can just have half of the year be princess of power it's just not going to happen also just kind of uh, going along with what you just said as well i'm you know a huge 2000x fan and you know we we just got uh marzo and chief carnivus very close together chief carnivus comes out this week Marzo was in July, so there was only one month in between. Even being the huge 2000X fan, I kind of wish those had been uh, spaced out a little bit more, because now, who knows how long it's going to be until we get another 2000X. I kind of like having having those to look forward to periodically, and at this point we know at least another seven, eight months before we get another 2000X character, and probably a lot longer. Well, and I also liked your point where you had mentioned how we haven't even gotten a Snake Man yet. Like, if you actually break down, you know, the the Vintage Masters line, uh, sex, right? So you'll have, like, the Horde, the Snake Man, and what have you. I would, I guess... If, if I were to see some type of improvement or an argument for improvement on how they're releasing figures, I would like to see maybe a better ratio where it's like, okay, we're getting maybe two Horde members per year, a Snake Man per year, you know, two She-Ra or Princess of Power characters per year, one New Adventures character per year. So many of, you know, regular vintage He-Man and, and then maybe a 2000X, you know what I mean? Like some type of... Uh, more of a balance, I guess, is 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 what I would like to see if they were to change anything. I just don't think it's something that they should willy nilly say like, oh well, Shira fans feel slighted, so we need to release four Shira characters a year or something like that. 
Right, and we did get yeah. two of them in 2010, which is you know better than I think a lot of people were expecting. Well, and I'm surprised too. I mean, we're even going to get Swiftwind. Um, I, I realistically. Just realistically thinking, I didn't really think we'd get a Swift Wind. I certainly don't think we're going to see any other uh, Shira type vehicles. If they do start doing vehicles, I can't really see them doing like a Butterfly or Enchanta and stuff like that. So it's very happy well, even, with Swift Wind. Even the the Vintage Masters vehicles, there are only a handful that I would actually have any interest in. I, I would love a Battle Ram. That's sort of the iconic one. Uh, maybe an Attack Track and a Wind Raider. Beyond that, I really don't, you know, I don't really, I loved a lot of those classic vehicles, but don't really see um, myself wanting those in the classics line. Martin, your top three. What top three He-Man vehicles would you want? (laughs) You know, um, I'm going to be controversial and say that I've never liked the He-Man vehicles. (laughs) Ooh. Uh, I only ever liked the Sky Sled and the Battle Ram, and that was... It. <laughs> and I thought the rest of them um, I may be looking too much at the uh, 200X designs here but I thought they were very ugly messy designs that just did not fit with the He-Man universe at all um, Martin's so gonna get the, hate mail <laughs> <laughs> those are really the only two that I liked I'm afraid um, apart from Spider, which was marvellous but um, I can't see them making that. <laughs> I liked the I liked the classic uh, the eighties oh, uh, dragon walk. Yes, that was cool too. Oh, I doubt that we'll see two thousand X vehicles. Um, but the Ram Chariot was kind of cool. Mine would be uh, let's see, uh, Battle Ram, um, obviously. Um, let's see what else. Uh, probably, I mean, to be truthful, Land Shark and uh, Roton, as those were the vehicles I had as a kid, and I liked them the most. <laughs> I had both of those too. I actually like the Roton um, quite a bit. I might uh, splurge on those. I actually just got a mint. Inbox, perfect condition, Ruton at Comic Con from some guy who didn't know what it was for five bucks. <laughs> a, a mint inbox Roton for five dollars. Yep, at Comic Con. I think I paid like fifty bucks for mine. <laughs> yep. Yeah. He, well, he had absolutely no, he had no idea what Masters was. It was just dumped on a table with a bunch of old toys. He had no clue what it what it was. He had five bucks. It was awesome. I, I never seem to come across these things. The the last comic uh, book convention I went to had, you know, He-Man toys, but they were all just the classics, and they were all fairly expensive, like $50 Evil Lins and fun stuff like that. <laughs> I, I don't have the good luck, the good fortune on that. Um, how about this? The, um... Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, uh, the Battle Ram prototype that they produced for um, the Comic-Con, didn't that double up as the Sky Sled as well? Yeah, the Sky Sled uh, detaches right from the front. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of course. But that was very nice. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I just, I wonder how much the price point would be on something like a vehicle. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would think, it, uh, I mean, I, I could be wrong, but if it's anything, you know, pretty much akin to the classic Battle Ram, there were 
almost no moving parts. It was essentially one solid piece of plastic. There were two wheels and the sl- sky sled section that slid off. And that was essentially it. It had the, the missile launching uh, feature, I guess. But it doesn't have a whole lot of moving parts, which seems to be the main thing that they say uh, pushes up the price. So if they if it's if it truly only has as many moving parts as the original, uh, the price shouldn't be too incredibly high. I wouldn't think. Well, I wouldn't mind something like Stridor and Night Stalker either, or some more simpler things like that being released. I wonder if they give us a Dragon Walker. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> <laughs> the I, I like the the vintage <laughs> Dragon Walker, but the uh, or, you know I, I kind of count like Night Stalker, Night uh, Stalker, and and Stridor is the the beasts category, and I think the vehicles are are sort of a separate and they tend to be a little bit bigger. You know, another one in that beasts category for me is I would love to see a uh, Battle Bones because I, I loved the original. I loved the 2000X Battle Bones. That was, I think, by far the best large-scale item from that line. Oh, so. I loved Battle Bones as a kid. I mean, I, it seemed like that toy, or at least back in the day in the fandom, kind of got a lot mocked. I never understood why. I thought Battle Bones was awesome. It was. It was very cool. It's like the coolest carrying case ever. And they just like basically that. kept it the same and improved it in 2000X because you had the the uh, tail that that detached and you know you could put it over as a as a handle and then the the place for the weaponry in the mouth and everything actually stayed shut. Otherwise, it wasn't all that much different. It was great. Here, here's a here's here's a here's a question. Let's say that um, Mattel decides they're going to increase the the numbers of Princess of Power in in, in MOTUC. Now, we already know we're getting bow, okay, and and forgetting about Swiftwind beasts or whatever. What other two characters do you think they, it would be wise for them to release in addition to bow? If they released two more in in 2011, um, I would go with well, what would be wise from a business standpoint, or what would be my preference? What wise from a business standpoint. All right, I think it would uh, make sense to go with some of the lesser characters and hold off on ones like Catra and Frosta. Um, which ones i don't think it particularly matters um i'd like to you know my favorite of those characters is mermista so i'd like to see her i think that would be uh maybe a good uh, lesser known one to throw in there maybe um a sweet bee since we are getting buzz off and they can kind of tie their stories together maybe and and bring uh some maybe non-pop fans in to the fold you know by way of the buzz off release uh, might be good. I think anything like Catra or Frosta or Glimmer um, should be held off on because uh, they've got to space them out. And like you pointed out, there's only so many. Martin? Um, I think Josh is probably right. Um, I'm speaking to someone who's not really that familiar with the She-Ra cast other than the core characters. I don't think... I myself wouldn't really be that interested in characters like um, I can't think of any um, <laughs> any of the, the minor characters I wouldn't really be that interested in I mean I'd buy them anyway for completeness and sake um, 
but a lot of the minor characters I'm not even that familiar with or could probably identify the toys um, I could identify the cartoon but I'm not really familiar with the toy line at all so I don't know <laughs> uh, I would personally have liked Catra just so that you have a villain but she is a major sought after character so releasing her in the same year as Bo who's another major sought after character probably wouldn't be the best idea I'm actually going to go against both of you. I actually think they should release Catra this year because, and th- and this is my thought thought process on this. Um, I would hold off on on uh, the other characters that I feel that are, are, are popular enough are um, Glimmer, uh, Queen Angela, um, Frosta, and actually I include Sweet Bee um, just because that episode is so iconic with the fans. Um, uh, Sweepy's home, so I, I would kind of include her. Um, I would go with Catra, but I would go with Catra towards the end of the year, more towards the end. Um, I would probably, like you guys said, throw in some other 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 lesser known uh, character. Uh, I probably wouldn't go with one that, and I'm I'm sorry if I, this is coming out bad, but I wouldn't go with one that was maybe overly feminine per se. Like I don't think I would go with something like Perfuma. Um, I would probably go with something more like Mermista or, or something like that, like, like you had mentioned. Um, or perhaps one of the characters that would be a complete surprise, such as maybe one of the the Star Sisters. Um, although, I mean, they are low on my totem pole of, of ranking, even though they did uh, appear in the cartoon series. Um, but I, I would kind of maybe do two capstone pop figures if they were to do three. So you have Bo at the beginning of the year, Catcher towards the end of the year, and then a lesser known in the middle. Uh, but that All is... right, so a question for you then, though, mm-hmm. Shadow. Okay, uh, you, you mentioned a couple of times now is Queen Angela. you really think Queen Angela is one of those A-list characters? Because of the ones you kept naming off as A-listers, I I think a lot of people that are were were fans as kids, maybe just casual people that that aren't the hardcore fan base, uh, they're going to remember characters like Glimmer and Frosta. I don't think they're going to remember Angela. Well, Queen Angela, if Mer, if I'm thinking correctly, is in a lot more episodes than someone even like Frosta. Uh, that that she may was, be, but is she memorable enough? I don't. I don't. I agree. I don't think the Queen Angela is that memorable per se. But the just the sheer fact that she was in so many episodes, um, I, I certainly wouldn't put her in the same popularity category as someone like Catra and Frosta. Because um, seriously, I even feel that probably Frosta, even though she appeared in less episodes than Glimmer, uh, is still more popular than Glimmer. Um, but I would certainly put Angela still in that kind of core cast because she was in the core cast, but she'd be more at the bottom. Um, and, and yes, I want Lookie. So make I it happen. <laughs> so they could do a two pack of Lookie and Cal. I think, <laughs> I think uh, this is the area where the getting the filmation rights would really benefit them because a lot of the, the characters from Shira that people remember are the cartoon characters um, like Shadow Weaver and Scorpia and even Madame Raz um, I think if you had access to those characters 
and stretch those out a bit more, you could probably get quite a lot out of them. <laughs> oh, I agree. I mean, if oh, can you imagine it? I mean, Sh- Shadow Weaver is obviously the actually most requested, probably uh, after mm. Shira and Adora. It seems you know, Shadow Weaver is the draw. If they could somehow pull that out, can you imagine the fans? They'd be like, oh, praise. A light hope. <laughs> well, then that may be one of the reasons for for holding off on some of these Princess of Power things. If 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 any kind of deal is in the works, if they're trying to get the filmation rights, it's going to make a much bigger difference for those characters than it does for uh, a lot of the uh, main masters crew um, in terms of design and. Uh, it, that may be part of the thought uh, process on holding back on some of these if it deals in the works. Well, and one thing, speaking of that, everyone needs to remember that regardless of what we thought we knew or what we were told, the rights for She-Ra have always been described as very complicated, certainly say 10 times more complicated than the situation with He-Man the way you know the filmation contracts with Mattel were written up so there could actually be things that we think Mattel can do that Mattel simply can't do that they know that they don't have the rights to do that certain thing that we expect that would be quite easy for them to release so I would just keep that in mind in the back uh, you know back burner um I really don't – I don't think Mattel is, or the Four Horsemen are intentionally slighting Princes of Power or New Adventures. I think they're all being realistic on uh, sales and um, you know making sure that they have enough figures to prolong this classics line as long as they can. And I think that's really what their their, their main goal is. I, I they don't sit you know at a table and be like, <laughs> how can we make the Shira fans angry? No, see, it's not that. It's that they're gonna they're, they say, how can we get them to buy more figures and multiple figures and repaints of King Grayskull, who is the stupid characters that we created, but they eat him <laughs> up anyway. We'll put the orb of Grayskull with him, which makes me want to buy the stupid thing. <laughs> that type of thing is what they're thinking of. <laughs> well, um, your accent varies quite a bit there. <laughs> I know. I don't know. I was trying to go for some type of evil-sounding person, but I don't know what I was doing. You kind of went with uh, a maybe a younger Count Marzo from the 2000X yeah. show. Oh, okay, there we go. <laughs> like a very young Count Marzo. No offense to anyone who I may have mocked with that accent because I really don't know what it was. <laughs> so please take no offense and uh, send all hate mail to my uh, agent, uh, Josh, the Lion Court. Oh, thanks. <laughs> he handles all of that. I can't be bothered. Um, <laughs> so, so can we go back for a minute to the reveals? Yes, I just if- thought that that was a really good... Uh, jumping point to cover that the Princess of Power stuff. So yes, back to San Diego. Uh, Vicor, which is there's been a lot of uh, debate about, is the sort of He-Man variant that was uh, looked a bit like a Viking, um, never existed except in concept art. I'm uh, the more I think about it, the more I think this figure was not intended to be in a monthly slot. I think something's gotten delayed. 
and it uh, like a like a Scott Toy Guru has always said that these quarterly figures are there as insurance policies in case something falls behind in production. I really think that's what happened here, and I, I don't think you know there are some fans upset that that it's taking a monthly spot. Um, you know, when they would rather have a, a more recognizable or more sought after character. I don't think it was, I, I, there's no way of knowing for sure, but I really don't think it was meant to be in that February slot initially. What do you guys think? Um, I guess I really am not concerned with it. I, I think at this point I've accepted the fact that they are going to do figures that I don't necessarily care about. Gygor being an example, I could care less. I, I don't particularly like viking he-man i don't i just don't like it um had i uh, had i not purchased the subscription i might actually not have bought vicor um whereas on the other hand things like pre-eternia he-man i really liked that um because it was in the the (laughs) mini comics so i was like yay that's cool um (laughs) but um yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Remember, they said they they were doing things so that if, if some type of production problem happens, you know, they can throw another figure up. So, makes sense. Martin? I'm actually excited for Gygor, oddly. Uh, I wasn't, and something about the concept over the last few months has grown on me, and I'm actually really really looking forward to that release. Awesome. Uh, and But I'm not, at this point, interested in Vicor, so go figure. <laughs> I've actually started to um, really enjoy these uh, Preternia, I believe they're called, uh, concept characters. Um, although I have no fondness for a sort of Conan, Viking, He-Man, I think the figure itself is actually very good. And I quite like that era, that they're building up an era that hasn't existed before. Um, I'm all in favour of them giving us figures that have never been. <laughs> um, well, I like how you describe that, um, like kind of like giving us an, an era that we never had. I, I do like that. The, the, yeah. I think that's a very good PR spin you just put on it there. <laughs> that's because well, what we like- need is one more era for the fans to fight over. <laughs> This is probably true, uh, but joking, I am in favor of them giving us, is it the uh, Powers of Grayskull, it would have been called? Yes. Uh, which was the original plan uh, in the 80s. Uh, I quite like that we're getting that now, um, and I'm all in favor of them giving us Eldor at some point. Yes, please. Hmm. <laughs> We hmm. must have Eldor. I mean, that, th- those are the two unreleased ones I wanted. Hero, uh, El- well, three. Hel- Hero, Eldor, and Adora. You got two of them done. How about one more, Mattel? <laughs> Please? And then if we can get into Filmation, I'd like uh, Shadow Weaver, and I'd also like Master Sebrian. And I want Granamir. Oh, now see, that I would buy. Insta- I don't care about Gygor, but Granamir, Yes. And, but only if he has this little hat. I... <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, but don't they have the right to Granamere? Well, he's in, a, he's in a mini comic. Yeah, yeah. Th- there's actually been a lot of discussion on the net about this. It seems, based on what Mattel has said and, and what a lot of other fans have said, that Mattel does have the rights because Granamere was never a filmation character in the first place. He started as a Tunnels and Trolls character that Larry Dottilio created, he happened to use it in Filmation, but Granamere, the character, 
is not filmation property um at its at his source so well yes but i actually i believe larry said they changed his name in the um role-playing thing because he had used it in the filmation cartoon and they didn't want to get sued I thought it. I thought it happened the other way around. I had originally thought that too, but I heard a more recent interview with him where he described uh, the Granamere situation. So I'm I'm tend to think that actually either Mattel or Filmation or a combination of them both actually do fully own the rights to Granamere, uh, and not the role playing uh, book. Well, we we shall see. I was kind of under the impression after all of that that it was property of Larry and that he could or had signed over the rights to Mattel to create a. Uh, well, you have to remember, though, I doubt that uh, uh, Larry would have hold, held on to the rights in general if he put it in a Filmation script. Filmation would have assumed – or they probably had it set up where, I mean, they would own the uh, – you know, anything that was created in, in the actual shows that they produced. Maybe. I mean, the, the rights issues with all the master stuff where regard uh, Filmation is uh, a mess. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> anyway. totally. So then nobody was thinking very far ahead, obviously, um, back then. And it was a lot of new territory and stuff. So that would make sense, I think, what you, what you just said in modern context. I'm not, I wouldn't, wouldn't say that's a given um, for back then for this particular property, just because so much was either undeclared or ambiguous. And there's all of this red tape today because of that. So. I will say, though, I am fairly certain that um, one of the two big ones own the rights to him, Mattel and or Classic Media slash Filmation. Let's get it done. Let's get a deal done between those two companies so that we can get all this great stuff. That would be nice, wouldn't it? I mean, really, what I don't understand, regardless of, of anything else, what I really don't understand is why... You know, Mattel obviously has this brand. It obviously has a lot of recognition, regardless of what happened with 2000X. Um, it's it's a well-known brand. They've got interest in doing a live-action film that's been, you know, off and on in the, the mainstream media even discussed. This is a recognizable brand. When Hasbro decided that they were going to bring back the whole... Uh, Transformers G1 and do those movies and and use those characters again. They went out and bought the rights to the animated series that, like Mattel, they had lost for many of the same reasons. I think Mattel, at some point, um, if they really want to want Masters to to be a large successful brand again, is going to have to bite the bullet and do that at some point. Well, I think the main problem with that is that no one wants to just sell He-Man and She-Ra out of the Filmation Library because of the Filmation Library that it's contained within. There's not a lot of valuable properties. Um, you know, outside of maybe like Fat Albert that the Filmation actually <laughs> owned. Um, so I think that's the main problem is that whoever assumes the you know role of that library wants to. It's always been that whole notion that it seems like they want to sell it as a whole. They never want to break these other uh, sections off. I mean, who knows? Mattel may have offered all, uh, at various points to purchase just He-Man and She-Ra back off of them. Um, 
and they were just unwilling to part with probably the, the two out of the three most valuable sectors of it. Perhaps. However, I would say, I would also argue that it, if the, the main value of the Filmation Library is in He-Man and She-Ra, then they can't ask too much above and beyond what He-Man and She-Ra would be paid for anyway. So, buy the entire library. If Mattel then wants to sell off segments of it, they can feel free to do so, but I think actually they, they could count a lot of those as a bonus. Bravestar, which I, I realize isn't nearly you know a huge property or anything like that, I'm not arguing that it is, but it is a brand that Mattel produced figures for in the past, so they would be bringing that back under their control as well. Um, you know, there there are there are some arguments and some ways of getting around this. I, I think more than anything, I think the deal could be done like that. It's a matter of Mattel being more uh, cautious than than uh, than they need to be, I guess. Hasbro spent huge money uh, taking the the Transformers property back, and that was that one property. And I don't think the Humanitira uh, parts of the Filmation Library, or even the Filmation Library uh, as a whole, would uh, be anywhere near what Hasbro paid for Transformers, which if I remember right was $7.5 just for the G1 cartoon rights. Well, and remember, Hasbro also back, bought back the cartoon rights like Gem and all of that stuff, too. And so. G.I. Joe and stuff as well, but those were separate. The Transformers one specifically was seven and a half million. You know, I'm just saying, so I mean, in addition to the seven, they've also paid who knows what else for the other things. Right, right, right. Exactly. I, I just, I, I, Mattel might not care. We we care because we would like to see Shadow Weaver, Seahawk, uh, I want Master Sebrian, I'll live without the annoying scientists. But <laughs> well, no, that, well, that's my point. They the, may not care, but I they should care regardless regardless of what the fans think. Forget about the fans. I think it does make good business sense. It doesn't make good business sense to have this property that's split up between these companies, neither one being able to fully capitalize on its popularity. No, I agree. Uh, it, it's a very odd, uh, you know, odd situation. Like if you when you try to explain to people that uh, Mattel doesn't fully own He-Man or She-Ra. It, it's a very it's a very it's like people can't seem to comprehend it. Like but but that Mattel made He-Man and She-Ra. Well, yeah, but eh, technically no. Uh, it, it's it's the it's just a it, it, I have to say uh, I am with the awesome skills of negotiating that that Filmation had. Some little tiny thing just must have caught them. Well, obviously it did, basically. But it's that like one little tiny thing that caught them off guard that basically put them out of business because they were some masters <laughs> at this stuff. I mean, no one else. Oh, it's just. I just. I just. I have to applaud them. I mean, they. They. They're the ones that put us in this situation now. But. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, it's good business sense back in the day. Absolutely, absolutely. They obviously knew what they were I doing. I wonder and... whether um, the new adventures rights would be any cheaper <laughs> uh, because they're not lumped in with the filmation library. I assume it's got nothing to do with filmation. Well, that's what's odd. It seems to be. Um, it was um, the people that you know 
it, it seemed like the rights were assumed uh, by Filmation uh, or whoever owned Filmation at the time because it ended up part of Hallmark's Filmation library. Um, so that even confuses me to this day. I don't really understand how the New Adventures rights got thing. I, it might have been that Actually, I think I can answer. Well, that. I was going to say it's probably because Filmation owned the cartoon or broadcast rights or whatever have you for He-Man. So, well, uh, Filmation, you know, Filmation was developing new adventures first. Before, well, yes, they were. They had a whole proposal and everything. Um, that that show was already in in the in that. So yeah, Filmation had the the rights. They were moving forward with the next spinoff. Um, and I really think how cool might New Adventures have been if Filmation had been the ones in control? Well, after reading the proposal, uh... <laughs> we don't, uh, I don't there. think we've ever seen a proposal for Filmation's New oh. Adventures. It was New Adventures. It was the yes, whole space. But, well, I've read it, and <laughs> I'm just saying I think I would have preferred what we got. Uh, and you're sure you're not thinking of the hero? No, I'm of- not thinking of hero, son of He-Man, and the Masters of the Universe. I'm thinking of uh, Filmation's actual New Adventures um, proposal. Interesting. Yes. I know very little about it. But I Probably think it wasn't might- supposed to say that, but I did read it. and <laughs> I, Maybe I would like it better, not just written on paper, if I actually saw it in motion. But I, I'm going to have to say... Eh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think Martin knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. If if you didn't like the new adventures we got, Josh, you you certainly would not have liked this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, most of my problems with the new adventures, uh, you know, I, I, I would have never been as big a fan because I'm a more fantasy sword and sorcery fan than I am the sci-fi, which was definitely played up in new adventures. But take to put that aside for a second. My My main complaints in new adventures was, to me personally... The acting and writing was not on par um, with w- what it could have been. I, I, that's subjective, I realize. Everybody's got their own opinion. I think there are a lot of fans that feel that way. That's the harder aspect of New Adventures for me to get through than the than the concept. Well, just rest assured that you, you're probably happy things happened as they did when all comes to pass. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a that's a topic for another day, really. <laughs> um, but uh, w- was there anything else that you needed to to to, to uh, mention from San Diego since you were there, kind? Sir? Uh, not uh, too terribly much. I was a little disappointed at a personal level. I did not get to check out any of the figures hands-on this year. Oh, that's that's odd. Normally, uh, Mattel would let you. For those who who don't know, uh, perhaps you could explain why you uh, usually get to handle all the figures. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I'm blind. And I think probably everyone listening to this knows that. But if you don't, I am, and I've been going to Comic Con. This was tenth year running, and Mattel and the Four Horsemen have always been um, incredibly. Uh, gracious about uh, letting me check everything out and see all the new prototypes on display and all of that. And uh, this year, unfortunately, I never got to even a chance to chat with the Four Horsemen at all. I missed them. (laughs) Every time they were somewhere, I would try to get to them, and it just wasn't happening. And uh, for whatever reason, uh, Mattel and, and Scott and everything were really wary 
of letting me do that this year and i'm not sure why i've done it every year nothing's ever been uh, lost or damaged or or anything so i don't know what happened this year um that made it so that they they didn't didn't were not keen on doing that so well that they, was, uh, they figured out that that's why some of the figures were missing last year stick your fingers Ah, I see. No, seriously, I have no idea what uh, what the deal was. Well, uh, I would just look at it now. You'll be even more surprised when they actually come in to your yeah. mailbox. So, yeah, this is true because I a lot of times I really feel that the internet has spoiled. It's so good for so many things, but I I just think of how many things it's spoiled. Like it would be more exciting if I didn't see a picture of say the Adora figure. And I, I, the first time I saw her was when she came in the mail and I opened it. It, You know what I mean? It's like, we'll never be able to experience that kind of stuff anymore. Like music songs leak before their, the album comes out. Uh, You know, TV shows are spoiled for you from people that went to the, the live taping. It it just seems like uh, it's hard to surprise anyone anymore. That's true. That's true. But um, th- speaking of surprises, which ver- was a very big surprise to me, unfortunately, um, a-, a few weeks back, the voice actor who, pre- who did the voice for Hordak, Seahawk, Bo on um, She-Ra's cartoon, George DiCenzo, unfortunately passed away. Um, so we just wanted to thank him for his work um, on the show. And he certainly was one of my favorite voices, as Hordak was my favorite character and certainly favorite villain uh, spanning anything Masters of the Universe. Um, he was also uh, a guest voice on one of my like top three or four uh, episodes of the Masters uh, filmation series, the uh, Sleepers Awake he was Lord Turan in that as well. Yes, so. listen carefully because he you won't. I don't think you'll see him in the actual uh, credits uh, of the episode. Um, Filmation didn't tend to update those, um, but he was there. great. Though he was great. I was actually watching uh, an episode of, of Batman the Animated Series the other day, and uh, it was a episode with Raish Al Ghul in it. And his henchman throughout the episode, who was called uh, Ubu, I kept thinking I recognized his voice from somewhere. And then I looked at the credits at the end, and it was, in fact, George DiCenzo. Oh, nice. I totally remember the name, the the Ubu guy that you're talking about, too. Uh, I'd never realized that before. Oh, I don't think I did either. It's very odd. I'll I'll be watching a commercial on TV. Um, sometimes it might be a live-action show. and I, And I'm like... That voice sounds really familiar, and it'll end up being not maybe not necessarily someone from the filmation cartoon, but another at least another voice actor that I'm used to never actually seeing them or hearing them in another capacity. Um, and it's like whoa, it like blows my mind. I'm like I know that voice, <laughs> um, but we'd like to thank George Senzo um, for all the awesome work he did for our uh, childhood cartoons. It's much much appreciated. Um, so I guess bringing us uh, to, uh, full circle here to the cartoons, um, our good friend James Etock has just released his unofficial guide to He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which is a extremely, extremely comprehensive book on the 130 episodes of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, the Filmation series. It is a must-have. 
if you do not buy the book, you're not going to know anything about the cartoon because, oh my gosh, it is just it is it is jam packed with information. I can't even describe how awesome it is. It's it's a very thick book, high quality print. Um, there's not there's nothing to distract you in the book. There's no unnecessary screen captures, etc., like that. It's all information on every single episode of Filmation's He-Man and the Masters Universe. Um, you should buy the book, sit back down, and watch the entire series through on DVD. Um, you'll learn so much more, and the and I, I praised. I sent I had sent James an email about this because I was so happy. I had, I had read some of the book before it was it was published, and I didn't realize that he was going to do this, which is fantastic. He put an index at the end, which had to have taken him hours um, to do. Um, so it's easy for you to find. Like you could look up, say, you know, we'll go with something simple: Diamond Ray of Disappearance, and it's going to take you to where that's. Meant so if something was used multiple times in different episodes, you're going to be able to locate that quickly. Um, you know, oh, when did the battle ram appear? All, all this, all this awesome. Oh, it's just chock full of information. Someone else speak because I'm just going to blab yeah. on how awesome it is. <laughs> yeah, no, it is fantastic. I read the whole thing cover to cover and uh, am in the process of rewatching a lot of the uh, series. You did not mention that it also not only is it got the 130 episodes, but it also covers the Secret of the Sword film and the Christmas special as well. Um, so excellent. I, I agree. Tremendous book great info in there a few laugh out loud moments for me um stories that you know they may have been out there uh, i hadn't heard them the, the funniest one being about the creation of the character evil seed and uh, maybe i won't even mention what it was Just, you have to get the book to find out but it's absolutely hilarious yes get the great book. great book um cannot speak highly enough of it um Unfortunately, I have to tell this to James. Uh, I don't. He doesn't have. It doesn't seem to have a very simple way to um, right uh, locate the um, uh, blah 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 the actual page to buy the book. Um, so I'm going to give you a rather long. Oh, here we go. This is easy. You can lo- You can get the book easily from a link by going to his He-Man and She-Ra blog, which is Bustatoons. B-U-S-T-A-T-O-O-N-S dot blogspot dot com. So go to bustatoons dot blogspot dot com. On the right, there's a little picture of the book with Orco. It says click here to buy. Click it, buy it. You will not be disappointed. <laughs> and it's funny that probably one of the one of the the best master's treasures that we've gotten in recent years is unofficial. Very true, but I mean it <laughs> I mean, <laughs> legally, he has to say this is unofficial. Oh, no, I, I totally understand. No, I'm just, yeah, I'm, yeah, I just want to get that message out there that you would not, no one would be able to write a more official cartoon guide to He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. I mean, James has done it all from back in the day, the, the episode review site. Um, he worked on the um, encyclopedia guide uh, type uh, series type Bible uh, for when the Mike Young 
uh, cartoon was being produced. Um, they he had did a whole write up for Mattel um, based on the original cartoons. Um, he also worked on all of the He Man and She Ra DVD releases that were done in the states. Um, he, and the ones in the UK as well. Yeah, he, yes, that, that's true. Which were even before the the ones in the states. Um, he does Serial Geek magazine, which is dedicated all to '80s animation. Um, he's the source, so you will not be disappointed with this book. I promise you. I promise you. I also think uh, the best way to utilize the book is uh, to sort of watch through the episodes and then read a uh, one of the guides after you've done the episode. Um, that's what I'm doing, at least. <laughs> I've not got incredibly far as yet. Um, one episode down, 129 to go. <laughs> but uh, I do intend to do this. It's very informative. And you do really pick up on uh, all the little tidbits that are in the book. Yeah, and I, uh, t- I mean, to be truthful, I have not done a, you know, a sit-through, basically, of watching the entire He-Man series for about probably... I want to say 10 years now. Uh, it's not that I haven't watched the series, um, but I, I haven't s- just kind of gone through the entire run, and this is the perfect time to do that. And also, a perfect segue, because if you're like, man, I don't have the DVDs, and I can't find them in stores anymore. Like, how am I supposed to watch these episodes when I have this book? Well, people, 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 if you go to the <laughs> iTunes store, um, I believe there's already some have for a year now or something on iTunes in the UK. But the iTunes USA just got – there's 30 episodes of He-Man um, up. 33, uh, actually. 33, OK. And 20-some, right, of She-Ra um, 20, yep. are up on the iTunes store that you can purchase. So you can read about the episode first in the book and you're like, ooh, that's one I remember. I'd like to see that. Or purchase them, read the book, do something, go on Amazon, buy the used DVDs. I don't care. Buy the book and then watch the episodes. And here's a, just a, a tip on that. If you're going to watch the uh, the iTunes, going to acquire the episodes from iTunes, really look down the list, decide which ones you're going to get. They're $1.99 each. Uh, for 33 episodes, that works out to about $65 plus to get all 33. However, you can buy the entire set of 33 of the Human Masters of the Universe for $17 on iTunes. Yeah, it's, so, it's, it's much better if you buy the the whole lot of them. I, I think yes, it looks like uh, Classic Media is, gonna, is kind of releasing them by... Excuse me, season parts. So right now they have you know season one, part one for He Man, which has the uh, the thirty three episodes. So uh, much more uh, nice on your bank account, right? Yes, absolutely. It looks like right now I'm just pulling this up for for fun. The most popular episodes that have been downloaded of He Man right now are the Cosmic Comet, the Shaping Staff. And disappearing act. Now for Shira, so far the most popular have been Into Etheria, which of course is the first episode, and there's not even any Shira in that. Um, Beast Island, and then Shira Unchained. <laughs> so um, if you if you don't really want the origin, I would I would suggest uh, uh, going down a little further on the Shira list and getting something like uh, the Seahawk. Um, 
type deal or Horde Prime takes a holiday. Good fun, good fun. Uh, I bought some even though I have all of the DVDs and stuck them on my iPhone for those rainy days when you're mm-hmm. you're stuck in the airport and can catch an episode. You know, I, I just want to point out something that I find quite hilarious. You just mentioned that uh, Disappearing Act is one of the top uh, episodes uh, being bought right in one of the top three. That amuses me no end because to me it's it's a good episode. I don't think it's anything out of the ordinary. Ten years ago, ten twelve years ago, uh, when there was this little uh, thing that we used to have on the internet called Napster. Disappearing Act was the only episode of Masters that you could get on Napster for like years. That was the only one that was ever on there. And I don't, what is the fascination with that episode? It's very strange. All I remember about that episode is that Skeletor wears a stupid hat. (laughs) (laughs) He wears like this little tin hat. Well, now you can watch that on your iPod. Maybe it makes the hat look better. It's smaller. I was like, I thought it, I, it's been a long time since I saw that specific episode. I remember liking the way Stratos was utilized in the episode, but beyond that, um, didn't have a whole lot of anything. You know, it was not a bad episode by any stretch, but nothing out of the ordinary. Well, another reason too to buy James's uh, book is because if you if uh, you get the Retro Television Network um, in the United States. Uh, which I believe if you go to MyRetroTV.com, yeah, you can find out if there's an affiliate um, near your city, which there is for me. Thank you. Um, the He-Man and She-Ra are going to be in reruns on Saturday mornings and Sunday mornings, I believe. Both of them might, actually might be Monday as well. Um, but uh, He-Man, She-Ra, Filmation's Ghostbusters, Fat Albert, uh, they will all be airing. So you can have your Saturday morning fun. The power hour is back. I know. It's it's very interesting that they're they're actually airing Shira before He Man. That's a little strange. Yeah, I can't remember the exact time slots that were in the press release, but it's like say ten o'clock is Shira, ten thirty is He Man. It's one it's one yeah, of those I believe ideas. that yeah, I believe that is actually the right time because I think it starts at ten AM. I believe that's right. But um, I'm kinda psyched too that they're giving Filmation Ghostbusters some love because uh it's one of my favorite series from from, from my youth. Uh so, so maybe some people will watch it and see how fun it actually was. But, you know, whatever. Don't judge me. <laughs> I just happen to like funny-looking cars that talk. Wasn't that car driven by an ape? Yeah, well, let's not talk about the ape. That was, like, the thing I didn't like about the show. <laughs> but um, well, It's like talking about Luki for Shira. <laughs> it's like we just pretend Luki doesn't exist. No, I like Luki. <laughs> no, I, I don't. But it's here, the, one of the only things about the Shira, I can tell you point blank. I'm sure I know why I liked Filmation's Ghostbusters better than the I'm not actually real but real Ghostbusters, because <laughs> Filmation's Ghostbusters had a transformation sequence. I, I I love transformation sequence. What can I say? Um, Power Rangers had it. Liked Power Rangers. Um, Inspector Gadget sort of had one with his Go Go Gadget stuff. Was big into Inspector Gadget, so it's all interconnected there. A plus. Plus, it was and a yet. Group. You were not a Transformers fan. No, because they were. I think it's because they were robots. <laughs> I can't. I can't identify with a robot. Like I don't aspire to be a robot. I. W- I. I could. I would never. I could never picture myself running around the yard pretending to be Optimus Prime. He's a robot. 
you know i just i could never identify uh which transformer was which that was my problem (laughs) (laughs) to this day i don't know which one's which i know optimus prime as soon as someone else starts talking i lose track completely (laughs) uh because of the movie i know bumblebee because he was the cool camaro um but yeah i don't i don't really know the transformers that well when they're on the screen especially in the live action movie because it's so big and blurry um <laughs> i'm not really sure who's who <laughs> but i the don't aspire to be robots. Really <laughs> the only one i really liked was starscream because he was just cobra commander <laughs> uh, as a robot <laughs> <laughs> but yes he's cobra commander at least he was like human so i could be like i want to be cobra commander but robots not so much I don't think I liked any really shows with robots. I watched GoBots, but, you know, don't judge me on that. <laughs> but um, uh, Josh had found, while uh, searching the iTunes store, besides all of the very interesting rap songs that you can download um, that are called He-Man and may or may not <laughs> legally sample the He-Man theme song, <laughs> um, Josh, you found some other little um, unofficial yet perhaps fun um he-man items i did uh, there's actually two uh, categories one is if you do a search from your iphone uh, itunes app or, or ipod touch or what have you uh, although it wouldn't make much sense on there uh there are ringtones for masters there is a he-man ringtone and a skeletor ringtone that are awful for a dollar twenty-nine, you can have an eight-second <laughs> clip of someone very badly impersonating our heroes. <laughs> the uh, the He-Man one says, "I have the power." The Skeletor <laughs> one says, uh, "I am Skeletor, Overlord of Evil." From the the uh, Mike Young series, they are they're not good, not especially <laughs> not good for a dollar twenty-nine. <laughs> Maybe if they were free, it would fly. Yeah, it's very strange. Um, I'm wondering though, are these are these official or or not? Uh, on those, it's hard to tell. I don't think uh, they're official. No, you don't think? No. Could be. I don't know. I'm, I don't have an opinion either way. They have said that they were going to branch out into other uh, media. So Mattel has on the Masters brand. So I don't know. I hope that's not official. Because if it is official, then uh, I certainly could have probably done better impersonations than those. So. <laughs> well, not impressed. However, something that was cool is from your I, any iOS device, if you're an Apple user, iPad, iPhone, iPod Touch, you can get from the App Store uh, two unofficial apps to help you with your Masters of the Universe collections. There's a vintage app. There is an app for the Masters of the Universe Classics line, and basically it's a checklist. You can check off the items that you uh, already own. You can uh, put in what kind of condition those items are in. There's a wish list for items that you don't have yet, uh, for things that you want. Very cool. Totally uh, accessible for me, which is a big deal. It works with the voice software for the visually impaired on the uh, iOS devices and uh, just a really neat idea and really really well laid out. I was impressed. They are free and ad supported. What's that, Josh? Are you saying they're free and we should download them now? I am saying that, Shadow. 
Sorry. And make sure along with that you get some green slime shampoo. <laughs> Gets Ooh. you clean, won't turn you green. Oh, are you? Someone, someone's got to know this. Did you this think? Right? Did you think I was like impersonating like Harvey or something from <laughs> Double kinda, Dare? Kind of sounded like <laughs> not so much like him, but kind of that same spirit. Okay, I'm yeah. glad though I got the reference correct. <laughs> you did absolutely. Like, you can do that, now or you, you can, can take slime. the physical challenge. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I love Double Dare, and now Mark Summers hosts a show about food on the. Unwrapped. Yes, unwrapped. I've watched except, it. Cl- except now he calls himself Joe Summers. What? He calls himself Joe Summers on that show. No. Yes, he does. Watched that I don't... show before. I don't remember him saying his name was Joe Summers. Yep, Joe. So- I th- and I think Joe Summers is his actual real name, and Mark Summers, I think, was just the name for Double Dare. Actually, no. Strange. He was born Mark Berkowitz. Oh per- wow! So not even close. Wait, perhaps maybe his son or something is on there. Uh, no, I think that's still the same guy, mm-hmm. though. Well, his biography here that's listed, sir, he says his name is Mark Summers still. <laughs> I, I just know on the show he says Joe Summers. At the end of the, the show, he says, I'm Joe Summers and blah, blah, blah. Really? It's very str- yep. This might be new. I, I've watched the show before. Um, oh, we're going to get yelled at because we're talking about a food item again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Okay, moving on. Mo- moving on. Great apps. Yes, Go yes. get them. I really, really hope that they do ones for the Shira toy line and the 2000X toy line because actually I'm I'm much more interested in those. I have pretty much all the vintage stuff I care to have. I've got the subscriptions on the classics. So really it's the 2000X and the Shira lines that I want those apps for. So I hope they expand into those areas as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now... Um... I totally lost my train of thought thanks to Mark Summers. Um, we need to mention um, that you need to go to uh, Maddie Collector because actually um, a few days from that you're listening to this, uh, September 15th, uh, Chief Carnivus from uh, 2000X and Guy Gore uh, is on sale. And I, I'm correct in saying correct. Correct me if I'm wrong. Guy Gore is not part of the subscription. He is not, unfortunately. So we will be uh, fighting the white screen of death once again. And I'd also like to note that um, you might be fighting more. I recently rented the new Batman animated movie. Um, I believe it was called Batman Under the Red Hood. Uh, Something about a red hood. Um, (laughs) uh, Which was quite actually enjoyable. Um, But beside the point, before the movie started, there was a commercial for MaddieCollector.com. Uh, oh, really? Yes. Uh, it didn't specifically mention any of the properties that they're selling on there, but it might have prompted more people to go to MaddieCollector.com and notice all of the ju- juicy goodies that are being sold that are not just related to the uh, DC Comics universe. Um, so, FYI, there might be some new He-Man fans fighting over uh, uh, the figures. Uh, so, I, I thought that any- was cool. Is anybody else excited with this Chief of Carnivus that they have given him, regardless of what you think of the, of the figure, I, I love the character, I'm a big 2000X fan, I'm really excited for this guy, like I was for Marzo, but I love the fact that they put the lion from the Eternia playset on his shield. I do like that, it makes me like him a, bit, a little bit more, I think he looks like a Disney character, though. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> like I, he, I could picture him in a Disney movie, 
um, <laughs> maybe singing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not sure if it would be. I'm not sure. If, well, I'm not sure if it would be like an evil song, like "Be Prepared" from The Lion King, or <laughs> I mean, certainly he wouldn't be doing any Hakuna Matata, but uh, he could definitely be singing something. I don't know. Slightly, uh, I think you've offended a third of the fan base. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I have to say, I never realized it was the Eternia Lion. <laughs> Where have I been? Now you know, and knowing is half the battle. Copyright Hasbro. <laughs> and I actually own Eternia. <laughs> Martin, you didn't give me a birthday present last year. <laughs> I'm just putting that out there. Can I also, just on a, as an off-topic uh, thing, uh, just for a moment, that wasn't planned, but uh, I thought it was interesting. Uh, Megator and Titus, who we've gotten Titus in the classics line, we, we're presumably eventually going to get Megator, although I think that's probably at least a couple of years off, unfortunately. Looking forward to Megator. There was a Megator uh, that just finished on eBay, an eBay auction, that now went for $2,125 ultimately. Yikes. Which I thought was staggering. Um, I remember when they were, you know, 10, 15 years ago, well, maybe not 15, but like 10 years ago, going on eBay for like seven or $800, maybe as much as 1000 Man, I wish I'd bought one of those back then for those prices. <laughs> that is madness. I, I was floored by that. Well, uh, My... go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, um, that's why price guides don't work anymore, because uh, with things like eBay, it's like, whatever someone's willing to pay today is what your item is worth. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And they may not be willing to pay that next week, but very, uh, very insane. I was floored by that. I saw that this morning. Go ahead, Martin. I had cut you off. I'm a very bad person. Oh, I can't remember what I was going to say. <gasps> uh that is all <laughs> thanks for downloading I'm John it <laughs> <laughs> was an anticlimactic ending there it was although I do believe do we have anything else to mention today folks uh, I think we covered everything I think we're good except we didn't mention that um new He-Man animated movie that's coming out on DVD and Blu-ray at the end of the year. Oh, wait. I'm just putting that out there uh, into the universe because isn't that, that that one book? It's like you just need to put it out there and it will happen. Uh, there you go. I'm very unrealistic, but, you know, whatever. I'm realistic with what they release in the toys, unrealistic in my demands for an animated direct-to-DVD movie. I'm sorry, that Batman movie got me all all hyped up for He-Man 1. <laughs> Especially when I saw Maddie ad before it. <laughs> all right. Well, anyway, we still appreciate everyone that downloads uh, Master's Cast, and uh, it's always a fun time. So thanks for listening. I'm John Callis, also known as The Shadow. I'm Martin Penny, also known as Wacky Martin. And I'm Josh Delancourt, also known as Lioncourt. Good. Good. Good journey. Journey. Good journey.
Oh, I think we're 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 we're, we're falling into the valley of the lost with Katie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well.